When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Yeah, doing the Special Olympics and stuff like that. It's just people are more, they're less fortunate. I, you, a lot of times in society, they get left behind. Mm. And I, I don't like that. I don't want to I don't want to see that. So I, I always try and bring people with me if I'm in an upward motion or at least find some common ground to let them know that, hey, this might not be whatever path I'm doing might not be your path, but I'm here to help you make it on your own way. Let's go. Welcome to Citizen. Today we've got a very special guest, uh, Brendan Lamb. You're a pit master, yeah. Um, amongst other things, uh, tell me a little bit about. Um, so you're uh, born and bred Texan, is oh, yeah. that right? All the way. I was born in Lubbock. Lubbock. Then, oh boy, that's, oh, yeah. that sucks. <laughs> it's just Texas as it gets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, yeah. Everybody's like Austin doesn't represent Texas, and it's like, all right, yeah, you're right, but it's quite a bit better than Lubbock, which does represent Texas. It does. Um, but anyways, uh, tell me about, g- give me a little bit of your background info professionally uh, and, and how you got to where you are today. Well, professionally in the barbecue world, I you know really didn't even jump into like 2015. Uh, but before that, I was entertainment business and all over the, all over the spot. You know, I was, like I said, born and raised in Texas and um, all the way up until I think I, like third year in college, I played college football at the University mm-hmm. of North Texas. And, uh, the cunts, right? Yeah. I don't, they, <laughs> so stupid. They, like, I, I honestly never would have made that, uh, association had they not put out a coffee mug. <laughs> it looks exactly that like, turned into cunts. like one of the most viral memes of all time. That was so stupid. Anyways. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I was, uh, I, I got some bad grades cause I was working at the bars at the same time, you know, bartending, bouncing, um, all that stuff. And I had a buddy in Los Angeles that was doing pretty good out there in like the, in, in the entertainment business. So I moved out there for most of my twenties. Uh, and then realized, you know, pretty much the whole time I was there, kind of stayed in my little group of Texas friends, mm-hmm. a few from, you know, a little outside, but most of them were from Texas. And, uh, after a while I was just like, man, f- screw this. Uh, well, <laughs> we can get into it if you want, but yeah, I had a, in 2010, I got a DWI. Mm. Yeah. Yep. And then, uh, I don't even drink anymore really that yeah. much. I mean, a little bit, not much, but. I got a DWI, DWI in 2010, thought I took care of it all, and then got, finally got pulled over in Los Angeles after coming home from the bar from working one night, and uh, they told me I had an outstanding warrant in Texas, so I came back to get it taken care of. Ended up having to spend like 32 days in Denton County Jail. Oh, boy. Yeah, and then uh, right you, would, when I was, you would think as much as uh, we have a police state now, they'd be able to track you down and be like, hey, you owe us like 40 bucks. Yeah. Pay us 40 bucks, and you'll be fine. I had the same thing happen. Um, 
I got a speeding ticket in fuck. I don't remember where it was. It may have been here in Texas, but I still had a North Carolina driver's license. And in North Carolina, they have this rule, which is basically just for them to steal money from you, where if you get an out-of-state ticket, you have to pay North Carolina 500 bucks to get your license reinstated. Oh, wow. Yeah. The fuck? Yep. Yep. <laughs> so I didn't know because that's no, – nobody would assume that that would be a law because that's stupid, right? Yeah. Like that has – what whatever happened over here has no bearing on North Carolina. They just made that so they could steal money from you. Exactly. Then a year later, I'm trying to get my license here in Texas when we moved here, and uh, they're like, "Oh, actually, your license is suspended." I'm like, "What?" Yeah. But I've lived at the same place, the the address that's on my license, and and for a year after that that ticket, and nobody ever let me know. Yeah, they like could have sent me a letter or yeah. something. I had these these outstanding. They they said I had these <clears throat> outstanding uh, payments and stuff I had to do, mm-hmm. and I. I ended up paying them all off, and that wasn't the reason the warrant was there. The warrant was there because uh, I, California doesn't have DWIs; they have DUIs. So mm. I took—I was supposed to take DWI impact victim impact classes. Oh, I boy. took DUI in victim impact classes, and because that's all they offered in Los yeah. Angeles. And uh, well, anyways, so, yeah, we stupid. all do dumb shit when we're young. Yeah. So I came back, um, and then did my little time, and was going to go back to Los Angeles. And my mom had a really good buddy uh, here in Austin that ran uh, La Barbecue. And uh, they were like, hey, we're going to open up in Los Angeles. Do you mm-hmm. want to come and train? And then you can go out there. So um, I, the training ended up turning like three and a half years at La Barbecue on East Cesar Chavez and growing with them a lot and uh, doing a lot of stuff with them. And then I kind of wanted to do my own thing. So I did. I went up to, you know, I was like, if I'm going to be in Texas, I'm not going to be in Austin, you know, which Austin is great, but it's still kind of California. Yeah. You know, so I was like, I'm going to go back up to where I was kind of raised up, which was in the North Texas area and start my own deal. And I've uh, been doing that ever since, but um, it's kind of turned into, like, since this pandemic, I shut the restaurant down in September, uh, just this last September, so nearly a year now. And what was the name of the restaurant? Smiley's, Smiley's. Barbecue. Yeah, that's yeah. right, yeah. And we had, li- I mean, we had lines out the door from the day we opened until, mm-hmm. you know, the pandemic hit, mm-hmm. and we started having to switch everything over to, you know, the the, the drive-up delivery and all yeah, that. It's just, so stupid. Whole, and it's kind of crazy with barbecue anyway, because it dies so fast. Yeah. So uh, just had a small staff, wouldn't do the numbers to make it, um, mm-hmm. you know, be able to pay all the bills and all that. So we shut down in September. And then since then, I've been doing a lot of consulting, a lot of traveling, a lot of uh, teaching classes and whatnot. And mm-hmm. kind of trying to, like the last time we talked, spreading the barbecue gospel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, we're, we're working on something like that as well. Yeah. Uh, but it was, was it last year that you were on uh, Food Network as well? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think it was last year. It might have been the year before that. I've been on it a few times, mm-hmm. but the big one was the drinking, the, I mean, not drinking bros, the barbecue bro. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. the uh, Michael Simon, yeah. Bobby Flay. And uh, uh, what was that? Uh, Eddie. Eddie, Eddie Jackson. Jackson, yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that was a good show. It was fun. It wasn't barbecue, but it was fun. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> they've, they've done that a couple of times with some of those uh, cooking competition shows where they have... It's either barbecue themed and it's like, oh, here's our take on barbecue. Well, get the fuck out of here, yeah. dude. That's like... It, <laughs> they were kicking people off for not making a good hollandaise sauce. And yeah. Like, what the fuck yeah. does that have to do yeah. with barbecue, no, Nobody <laughs> uses hollandaise and, and barbecue. Yeah. Um, but how did that go? What, what's that like? Uh, well, it was in the middle of COVID. It, like, we literally had... Where, where was it filmed at? Uh, right outside of town here uh, in Bee Cave. Oh shit! Okay. Yeah. So why the, did they do it here? Just out of curiosity. They've got this old, like this old Western town that's like a venue. Oh um, yeah, I know where it is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's something Star Ranch, Rising Star, something <clears throat> Star. Yeah. They built it um, to shoot some TV series yeah. back in the day. Yeah. And now like, they use it for like day, a yeah. wedding venue and all. I that think shit. it was like in the early two thousands they they built that shit. That makes sense. Um, 
But there's that's funny. There's still one of those in uh, outside of L.A. where they did. Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. What's the name of that fucking TV show? I always forget the name of this show. They still do. Re- I forget the name of the ranch and all that too. It's like an hour outside of L.A., right? Um, yeah. And then and it's pretty much going out towards Thousand Palms and. Uh, out in the desert out that way and uh they still do like reenactments and whatnot there for like the old cowboy stuff yeah it's uh westworld they yeah. built that for westworld oh, back in did? like t- 2015 i think i did not they know built that. that now uh they didn't really keep it up or anything but people just kind of uh content creators go out there and shoot their own shit all the time without they just try to sneak in, shoot it, and get out before anybody notices. Are they so um, they're not doing the old reenactment stuff there anymore for the? Uh, they yeah, they still okay. are, but that like people you know through the grapevine find out Off what the schedule is, and then yeah. they go out there when they don't think anybody's going to be there. That makes sense. Um, Sounds like something I do. So what? Uh, <laughs> this isn't really interesting for the audience, probably, but for me it is. What did you cook when you were on the show? Oh, um, man, what I did? Uh, well, the, the thing that got me kicked off was a uh, a quail. So I cook quail and I do it really good. Mm. <laughs> my quail is pretty awesome. But uh, I went and kind of stepped out of my bounds and did a, a jalapeno popper, so the Texas Twinkie. That's a thing here in yeah. Texas. The, the jalapeno quail popper is a thing. Well, here. I stuffed it inside the quail instead yeah. of wrapping And they said that the bacon wasn't crispy enough. So mm. that's what, yeah. Well, how is it going to get crispy inside there? Well, you crisp it up first and you oh, put I it see. in okay. and then like the mm. raw. Yeah. Yeah. Ended up not being the right way. That's not how I've normally done it, but it came out great. Everybody that tried it said it was good. Mm. And then they kicked me off anyway, which is fine. Uh, I wouldn't get to make it much farther. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I got to make sausage, which was like one of the hardest things to do, mm. uh, especially outside in the elements. You're supposed to be kind of in a controlled environment where everything stays cold and all that. Uh, and you're supposed to be able to not have to rush it. There's like really a three-day process to make the right kind of sausage. Mm. And I had, you know, three hours to do it outside in the 80-degree heat. A three-day process. Yeah, to do it the right way. Like you have to chill the fat and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and then there's the cure, mm. uh, the, the whole – I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a whole process. Um, if you want to do it, like, absolutely correct, you know, down to the T, it's, like, closer to a five-day deal. Oh, my God. Yeah, um, cold smoke and all that yeah. good stuff. And I got to do that in three hours on the show and the sausage came out great. And I cooked it instead of doing it smoking. I did it uh, over direct heat. So oh really? Like, yeah. That's not great. Right. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it all. is what it is, but it's not yeah. the way you're supposed to do it. No, not at all. Yes. Um, <laughs> well, that's all really interesting. I, the, I, I know this has nothing to do with the show. Yeah. I just, I like barbecue. So, Oh, we're going to do plenty um, of that. Yeah. And this, the cool thing about the barbecue is, it's uh, something that kind of brings it let it, it lets people kind of let their guard down mm. whenever it's happening so it's a very good conversation starter it's a very good uh, like i was saying let your guard down so if you have a me and you have two completely different views on something yeah. we can sit down a tray of barbecue and kind of hash it out or at yeah. least come to some common yeah. ground and i think it's uh you know one of the last unpoliticized like food in general is one of the last unpoliticized yeah. um uh entertainment sectors yeah i mean interestingly enough traditionally you know it's good old boys and whatnot doing it kind of kind of conservative yeah um but you know but nobody cares about that nobody cares. You know, if your yeah. barbecue is good people are going to eat it they exactly. don't give a shit what your beliefs are well there's some great barbecue in portland oregon but you know yeah. i'm sure that we don't agree with each other on yeah, a bunch well, of different things i don't want to go up there and find out to be honest no. um <laughs> so, so no goes on yeah but uh i uh, so you've been a business owner yeah. Our business owner, I guess, new new father as well. Oh yeah. How's that changed? Like just the transition over the last year and a half or so from, you know, running a business to going into more consulting and being a dad. How's that? How's that changed things for you? 
Well, it's just the, it's most of the time because at the restaurant you're spending a hundred mm-hmm. hours a week up there, and especially if you're the owner and operator and the pitmaster, you know you're doing everything. So you've got to be up there a hundred hours a week. And we really opened up the brick and mortar location. Uh, well, I say brick and mortar; it was inside of a food hall, so mm-hmm. at least we weren't on a trailer no more. Um, and we opened that up just like a month before COVID hit, and a week before we opened, we had our first kid, uh, my daughter Summer. Mm-hmm. So she's two and a half years old now, but um, trying to. You know, being a new dad at the same time is like having this baby of a, of a business. Mm. It, it was just nearly impossible. I mean, there's plenty of guys that do it, uh, but I'm, I'm pretty softy when mm. it comes to, like, my kids and stuff. So, like, I really was, like, missing them a whole bunch. Yeah. Uh, even doing the show, it was like that. But mm. uh, the the time that I have now with my family is so much – it's – I would – I, I love owning the, owning the restaurant. I love yeah, yeah. being able to feed the people. I, that's why I call it Smiley's is putting smiles on people's faces mm-hmm. if they came in just for a burger or, you know, just lunch, whatever. Yeah. So uh, it, it really has changed over my perspective of I can still bring those smiles to people's faces but don't have to work the 100 hours a week to do yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, for sure, yeah. I so, mean, it's – so, you know, this falls in line with with my theory on basically everything. Like, I, I think that the problem with institutions are that we – we as a society don't understand that things don't scale indefinitely. No. Like there's a, there's a regression in, in quality and in quality of life at some point, there's a diminishing return when you get to a certain level. Um, you know, this has been a conservative talking point about government for as long as there's been government that the smaller you keep it, the more effective it is. And the reason, uh, well that, that's, that's the case in a, in a, in a, uh, representative republic especially yeah. right because what we should have the point you know as as illustrated by the founders and and the french before us is that um the average person has the most impact at the lowest possible level so most decisions should be made at that lowest possible level because yeah. it, it that's the most accurate reflection of the true will of people at that's the, the point right yeah. yeah so you know <clears throat> we like having roads we like having the internet we like having all this stuff and you know i i obviously i enjoy it as well I like having all these nice things but we've we've not really had serious conversations over the years throughout the industrial revolution even but especially in the tech age in the last 40 years about what we're giving up because of this stuff um and your your business trajectory is kind of uh uh kind of a, a an aphorism for that it's like you get into the bigger side of the business and you realize how jammed up everything is and oh, then yeah. you can you know reduce the scope of what you're doing make the same amount of net revenue and still have more time with your family you know what i mean yeah like we're in a creator economy now so <clears throat> it isn't just about creating content e- either like it, we people talk a lot about being in a creator economy it isn't just about making music or videos or any of that bullshit. It's about you, you can create your own business from home and uh, with very few touch points now. And you can go direct to consumers extremely easily. Absolutely. Uh, more yeah. so than you've ever been able to do it before, which is interesting because we're, we're dominated by all of these big conglomerate businesses and government working in collusion with them. Mm-hmm. 
which is not necessarily new, but to the degree it's happening now, it's definitely new. Like the mom and pop business is completely off the table at this point, but the opportunity to create a, a mom and pop business has never been bigger than right now true, as true. well. So it's interesting that you've, you've actually gone through that journey. You know, you explained a little bit about it, about wanting more time with your family and stuff, but take me through some of the economics of being somebody, even like, an employee as a pit master and then as a business owner as a pit master and then now as a consultant where you're working mostly on your own. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, started off at the, at La Barbecue out mm-hmm. there and that was seven. no complaints there, right? No complaints. La Barbecue is a good fucking place to this. Pit master, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, you know, cut, cut the rug there, you know, did, uh, got, we had a lot of fun yeah. and I learned a whole lot and, you know, I just kind of was time to move on. But, it was a startup barbecue with a lot of talent, like oh, right yeah. off the bat. You don't always get that. Yeah, and I'm sometimes not... you get like an investor and one dude that knows what he's doing, yeah. and then you, whatever happens happens. And then sometimes there's like a bunch of people that know what they're doing. Like, all right, cool. Yeah, this one was straight up right off the bat. Yeah. You know, uh, <laughs> had had big names on it already, mm-hmm. and then it had people from big name places coming in. To, so I wasn't the first guy to come in and you know be a known pitmaster from mm-hmm. that place. A lot of people. That's that place has made a lot of people that are known in the industry today. It's like the Marty Schottenheimer coaching tree. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You go through that, you go through that program, you're going to be known. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the, economically and time-wise, I spent a lot of time, you know, at La Barbecue when I was there. It was, it was, you know, six, six days a week, five, six days mm-hmm. a week. Uh, but, you know, I was, they paid me amazingly. They really paid me really good. And I was really happy with what I was doing whenever it came to like the product we were putting out uh, in my, my role as in, uh, you know, the pit tours, people coming in and yep. showing them around and still being to be my smiley self mm-hmm. and doing all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was very rewarding when it came to that, but just my location that I was in wasn't rewarding. Like right. I, I didn't have a life outside of work mm-hmm. and I, I wasn't able to make one really because I didn't, I, it was hard for me to fit in with a lot of the people in East, East mm-hmm. Austin, you know? Yeah. yeah. So, um, you know, happily going back to do my own thing. Hey, I've learned all the stuff I need to learn. Um, whenever, I mean, you're always learning, but Mm -hmm. learn as much as I could to where I can start my own and be comfortable with the product and putting out. Yeah. So that's for, for, uh, uh, for any business owner, I think, um, the vast majority of people, some people are just like vultures, I guess, but for the vast majority of people, you don't want to, it's a, it's a point of pride. Like you're not selling a product, you're selling yourself. Yeah. Right. And when you sell, when you put out an inferior product, especially if it's barbecue in Texas, like that's. That sucks. Like people, you don't you don't want to do yeah, that. They know, right? I mean, and that people will never come back again for no. that one bad that one no. bad bite they had yeah. because there's so many options, you know. And that was what we're trying to minimize, you know, everything consistency, the, all that whole mm-hmm. that whole thing, and that consistency kind of is starts going away a little bit once you're the owner and operator, and you're not just focused on making the meat. Now right. you got to worry about the taxes, mm-hmm. you got to worry about the employees, you got to worry about the food orders, you got to worry about this other stuff. So yeah. your your mental capacity for, you know, cooking the best meat you possibly mm-hmm. can is kind of diminished. I mean, you go from making like $150,000 a year where it's all coming to you to making way less than that oh, as as the business owner. Yeah. You know what I mean? People I don't people don't apartment. really people yeah. don't realize that how st- <laughs> like how much your net revenue comes down when yeah. you actually own the business. Well, and then I, you know, like I'm I just I, I, we my wife and my two kids, we still live in an apartment. I'm 33 mm. years old because we've sacrificed everything for this restaurant yeah. and didn't get to save anything up, didn't do it to do any of that. So now we're getting to the point where we're starting to save up and we'll get a house. But that that's exactly like you're saying, like mm. that everybody thinks people from high school, I'd see them because I moved back to, you know, kind of where I 
grew up. So there's people from high school there now, and they'd come and see me, and they'd be like, man, you're doing awesome. I've seen this and this and this mm-hmm. and this. And it's this fake world that they're seeing uh, for the social media deal. But then I'm over there struggling, you know, to be able to pay for the, the meat the next week. Yep. Which is, you shouldn't have to be doing that. But, you right. know, then it's right at the same time where all the prices are going up. You've got, you know, foreign nationals buying up uh you know all the meat companies and yeah. all that stuff and it's just it was just crazy and then yeah people don't realize how much uh jared taylor jt actually yeah. talked about it about a uh two years ago on the show but um how how much influence brazil has over the meat industry in america is fucking weird it is weird. like it's so weird like they own the tyson chicken right most mm-hmm. of their chicken comes from there yeah um and they are the biggest chicken producer and distributor in america and then they got into beef after that as well. It's yeah. like weird. It's it's that's something to keep your if you if you're worried about Bill Gates buying up farmland, you should be worried about Brazil cornering our our like protein market as well. Uh, well, in China in the, in yeah. the pork, China's yep. taking our pork over. Yep, it's insane. Yeah, and it's then weird. now, I mean, even if you want to kind of get into like the what's going on kind of side of this mm-hmm. thing with the with the the food distribution, we've got you know all these fires that are happening at all the food distribution plants. Yeah, so that's even. And I don't, who knows what's going on there? Well, it's, it's probably a combination of the market being shitty. So people setting fires for insurance money. And <laughs> then also the infrastructure in this country is fucked big time. Like it's there, there, there are bridges in, in the U S that haven't been updated in 65 years. There was basically. just one that collapsed yeah. two weeks ago. Uh, so when I see uh, like a, the bill back better and inflation reduction act, and none of it goes to actual infrastructure yeah. stuff. Yeah. To, to like repair the stuff that's fucking with our industry. We, we look, we always look downstream for solutions like, oh, okay, well a gun was used to do this. So we should ban guns. Like yeah. what, what, what about all the stuff that happened prior to that? Right. Where we can affect change without delimiting people's civil liberties. Cause the, dun- I mean? the gun didn't kill anybody. No, of course not. Yeah. And it's the same thing with, especially I would say more so than any other industry food is like this because the supply chain is the supply chain. Yeah. You can't fuck with that. You yeah. know what I mean? Especially if you're mass producing shit. So it's, it's something I think people should definitely keep in mind. And it's why one of the reasons I wanted to have you on the show, because um, <clears throat> there's a lot of prepper and survivalist stuff going on. Like we work with Mike Glover. We're actually going to do a show with Mike Glover yeah. uh, here pretty soon on this topic. So that's why I wanted to bring it up. But like Tim Kennedy does a really good job of training people how to defend themselves. Mike does a really good job of teaching people how to survive in an austere environment. Yeah. But nobody's really gone over how to prepare food in an austere environment yet. I don't and, know why that doesn't exist. And, and then to hold it over the winter or hold yeah. it during the... How to, like we have to yeah. go back to like Norway salting cod yeah. and making lutefisk. It's disgusting, but... You know what I mean? If if something bad happens, you got to be able to do shit like that. You yeah, have to fuck be able your to taste salt, buds in that yeah. instance, right? Uh, uh, salting meat and not killing yourself, yeah. like by, by getting uh, nitrate poisoning and yeah. shit like that. Like, it's very easy to do. Yeah, it, there's a lot of stuff educationally. Run run me through some of the high points, like stuff. If if we knew some disaster was coming in a week, and you're like, all right, here are the things you need to learn this week to yeah. be able to survive. What what what's the top of your list there? At top of the list, I mean. You got to secure your years and your family's um, security first off, and mm. make sure that you're not going to be in a highly populated area where you have the chance for somebody to come in and take what you've been, you know, prepping your family for. Right. So uh, first things first is getting out of the city, mm. in my opinion, and then secondly is is being able to secure food and and water. 
Um, and that's that kind of goes hand in hand with the first one. But, mm. you know, if you want to put them in order, uh, you get the hell out of the city, make sure you've got something to protect your family with, and now you've got to be able to feed them and sh- shelter them and make sure that they're going to stay fed and, and watered, you know. So you can – most people in Texas, at least, have mm. a smoker or, a, you know, I want to teach a way to make a smoker if we had to. And yeah, I mean, that, it's actually not as hard as you would think. It's really not. Yeah. I mean, but if you're trying to talk about, like, this kind of situation where, you know, shit really does hit mm. the fan and we don't have any more electricity, we don't have yep. any of that, you know, <clears throat> gas is short so you can't just put up a, you know, a generator and weld mm. something together. we got to figure out a way to be able to still yeah. make these old-school smokehouses. There's, um, there's a lot of people spending, like, two, three, five thousand dollars on generators. Yeah, they're right. Yeah. That that they have in their car or part of their prep kit. I'm like, okay, cool, that's good for the first couple of days. Yeah. But then what are you gonna do? You're going to the gas station and getting gunfights so yeah. you can keep that thing going. Have you been down in like an like the areas like New Orleans whenever like the hurricanes? Oh, yeah. Dude, yeah. it's there's there's lines for for miles with it's people chaos, holding yeah. gas cans and shit. Yeah. So there's like, like the State Department is warning about civil war in ukraine right now because of food scarcity you know what i mean and that's after we've sent them a hundred billion dollars a month it's still it's (laughs) like it's still fucked over there yeah you can imagine how bad like as spread out as we are in america it's not going to be easy no it's not Uh, if something bad happens and they have literally for these situations they have emergency reserves on fuel well Mm. we used to (laughs) to have emergency reserves on the fuel and all that stuff toward like you know national guard or whatever can bring it in but i'm sure they'll be worried they can't worry about these small little towns when they've got all these emergencies in the big cities well you shouldn't ever put your hand your fate in the hands of the united states government or any government to be fair but certainly not our the current iteration of our government i don't mean because there's Democrats at the helm. I mean the current iteration the last 40 fucking years of american government you can't trust these people Mm -hmm. um so what about some before we get into the the principles and stuff like that and have a more philosophical conversation? I wanted to hit on some of these high points. What are some basic uh, uh, outdoor austere environment cooking techniques people can you can either tell them about right now or they can look up and figure out how to do it that are like super effective to create long lasting food sources uh, that just i mean i can't run through on how to build like a you know an old school smokehouse right yeah. now but definitely cooking something with an offset offset smoke like the offset heat source yeah and uh, well, explain it, what an offset heat source is for people that don't know so uh, a, a direct fire would be like cooking on your charcoal grill yep. or something like that with the fire directly underneath the grate mm-hmm. you got the meat right on top of the heat source and it's cooking you know relatively fast mm-hmm. Uh, you know, with one of these uh, offset smokers like that are used at most of the restaurants today, you've got the fire way down on one end, yeah. and it's kind of lower than the cooking chamber. Yep. And it's and channeling then, smoke through. Yeah, it's just drawing smoke through, and mm-hmm. it's, that smoke's going over the meat, and over uh, you know the period of time, it cooks it through. Mm-hmm. Uh, but and is it uh, is there a fan on the other side that's pulling it through, or is it just the natural flow of the smoke? If you got the Easy Bake ovens, uh, which would be like a Traeger or something, right. then yeah, that, there's there's fans in there. Well, I'm talking they, about in a wood smokehouse. Yeah. Is no. there a fan, or do you just let no. this? I mean, yeah, you just got like to hot air go. is going to push its way through either way. Yeah. I'm just curious if you if you do anything extra no, because if you don't need a fan for that, then you just have to set up the right environment outdoors. Exactly, like you don't need any electricity or any of that bullshit. That's what we're trying to go for okay. is to, no electricity because you know we don't know what kind of situation you're right. going to be in if you're forced to build one of these smokehouses. So you can build. It's literally just a small shack. You know, uh, that could be like the same size you you put your, you know, lawnmower in. Right. And it just needs to have some hanging shelves and stuff inside there. And then off the side, that's you dig in the ground and you can build like, you know, a little pit for you to mm-hmm. put a fire in. And then that fire, you're going to keep it real low. And that smoke is going to actually be channeled inside. So your you're chamber. saying like, in, let's say in this room right here. Yeah. 
Um, we've got meat hanging on this wall right here, and mm -hmm. then inside of the room, I have a pit over here that's burning, and it's just smoke is. It'd going be out. actually outside the room. So, well, what, how do you channel the smoke in? Let, let's say I yeah. built some kind of wood. I chopped a couple of trees down and made myself a little shack. How, yeah. do, how does that work? Is it like is the it's a hole? It's a hole fire in the in it and part of the hole is inside. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that hole would actually pop out. You know, you'd cover the fire on the outside, so yeah, all the like smoke is gonna. Shit. Yeah. So yeah. all the smoke would actually go inside. Okay. Um, and you'd want to. I mean, if you can build out of clay or whatever, yeah, yeah. you can figure it out. You know, I'm sure if you build it out of sticks and stuff, that catch on fire. But so mm. you need to get some mud well, on if top. Of it. If they're wet. Yeah, yeah it, wet sticks better, over yeah. and over and over, but uh, yeah. you're trying to fill it up with that. With that, you don't want to cook it. You know, cook it, cook it. Yeah. yeah. So you want to sit there and, and real low for a real long time with a bunch of salt on it. Mm -hmm. You know, and it'll cure it. So the difference between cooking and curing is, um, it, let, let's say I've got uh, a ribeye, for example. This isn't a great example, but I'm using yeah. a ribeye because everybody knows what it looks like and knows where the fat is on yeah. it. This episode is brought to you by BlackRifleCoffee.com. Join the Black Rifle Coffee Club and get fresh roasted freedom delivered straight to your door. Black Rifle Coffee Company, as you know, is a veteran-owned and operated company that supports America's military, law enforcement, and first responders. Get the best coffee in the world. Get your premium coffee delivered every month. Choose your favorite roast, whether you want whole bean ground or coffee rounds that work in the Keurig machine, and your delivery schedule, which I believe they have 7, 14, 21, 30 days, and a couple of other options uh, as well. And in addition to that, this is the best deal you're going to get. In addition to the ease of the coffee club, you're also going to get free shipping on all your orders. You're going to get access uh, to exclusive partner discounts. You're going to get 20% off your first order. Using the code CITIZEN, go to BlackRifleCoffee.com. Next up, GhostBed. We all know GhostBed. They have the best deals in the world on the best beds in the world. Right now, GhostBed is offering 40% off GhostBed bundles where you get a mattress and an adjustable base for everything else. 30% off. Use the code DRINKITBROS at GhostBed.com forward slash DRINKITBROS. You can get a mattress and an adjustable base and everything else you add to that order, that's going to be 40% off. And then, you know, with all these great deals, whether it's the 40% off bundle deal or the general 30% off deal, you can utilize the zero down 0% financing plan for up to 60 months. That's five years, which will reduce your monthly cost to somewhere between tw like $25 and $45 a month, somewhere in there, depending on what all you get. So go get those deals, you know, to bed, to 30 of your life, eight hours a day. Spend the money. Uh, go to ghostbed.com forward slash drinker bros for that. Next up, Simply Safe. This is the easiest, easiest home security system you are ever going to use. Uh, there's a lot of systems out there. This is the one that I prefer. Here's a question Is there anything that matters more than the safety of you and your loved ones? Of course not. So, isn't it strange then that many home security companies don't behave that way? This is why. We use and trust Simply Safe Home Security. Their advanced security technology helps us sleep at night. They also put us uh, and our family's safety first. Here's why I love it. Super easy. You can set this entire system up in 10 to, to 15 minutes, really. Uh, with 24-7 professional monitoring, Simply Safe's agents 
call you the moment a threat is detected and they dispatch police or first responders in an emergency, even if you're not home or cannot be reached. Simply Safe's monitoring agents truly care about your well-being and are highly trained to keep you calm and safe during stressful situations, staying on the line with you until help arrives. So if you are someone who travels for work a lot and your family stays home behind you and you're worried about their safety while you're gone, Simply Safe is the answer. Simply Safe's customer first policies make sure you're taken care of with affordable plans starting at less than $1 a day and no long-term contracts or hidden fees because feeling safe at home shouldn't break the bank. Customize the perfect system for your home in just a few minutes at simplysafe.com slash citizen podcast. Go today and claim a free indoor security camera plus 20% off with interactive monitoring. Go to simplysafe.com slash citizen podcast. That's S I M P L I S A F E.com slash citizen podcast. And finally, Babel. We, we talk a lot about improving our minds, right? Everybody's into these nootropics and different ways to get the most out of the human brain. But I got to tell you, neuroplasticity depends on learning new skills, learning new languages. Languages is one of the best ways to do it. So you can either learn a mechanical skill and that works one part of your brain, or you can learn a language and your memory center and your hippocampus, and you're going to learn another, uh, or you're going to develop another part of your brain. For all of your summer travels, whether you're going abroad, staying domestic, want to immerse yourself in a culture, or you want to do what I was just talking about, which is improve the way your brain functions. Now is the perfect time to start Babbel. Babbel's a language learning app that sold more than 10 million subscriptions. Uh, thanks to their addictively fun and easy bite-sized language lesson, there's always time to learn a new language before you reach your destination. With Babbel, you only need about 10 minutes to complete a single lesson. Uh, they're in blocks like that. So, you know, you can be having real life conversations in as little as three weeks uh, and you can push yourself even harder if you want. Uh, other language learning apps use AI for their lesson plans, but Babbel lessons were created by over 150 language experts. Um, their teaching method has been scientifically proven to be effective and you can choose from 14 different languages, including Spanish, French, Italian, and German. Plus, they have speech recognition technology that helps make sure that your pronunciation and accent are correct. There are so many ways to learn with Babbel. In addition to lessons, you can access podcasts, games, videos, stories, and even live classes. And it comes with a 20-day money-back guarantee. Start your new language learning journey today with Babbel right now. Save up to 60% off your subscription when you go to babbel.com slash citizen. That's B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash citizen for up to 60% off your subscription. Babbel language for life if you cook it on even on a, a traeger or something like that but if you if you cook it in any way you render some of the fat mm -hmm. right and it leaks into the meat and blah 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 yeah but at some point over the next four to five days that fat's going to start to foul yes and you can die from eating it yes. right uh if you smoke it then the salt absorbs into both the meat and the fat and it cures it and the salt and the, the fat stops breaking down and, and won't become rancid for a a long like, time, like yeah. a considerable amount of time. It's what jerky is, basically, yeah, right? Exactly what. But it's kind of, kind of different, I guess, because it's dried out. But 
Um, well, that's the best way. If you're going to do these smokehouses, you don't want to get something that's going to be like, you know, you at a Franklin's barbecue and get a slice of brisket. Yeah. That's not where you're going to, you're, if you're going to, you know, slow smoke mm. um, a brisket in there, you're probably going to cut yeah. it into small strips. Yeah. You're going to try and get it to where it's as dry as possible. So like what you are looking for in something like this is the jerky consistency mm -hmm. or like you're talking about for the Norwegian uh, cod. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's pretty much like a, like a, like a jerky. Okay. And then, uh, you know, there's other stuff. We'll, we'll get into this as we're making this, uh, this TV show, but you can dig a hole in the side of a fucking hill and put a metal container into it with yeah. a cutout below it and start a fire. Now you have a convection oven. You know yeah. what I mean? Like there's a lot of really simple things you can learn about how to survive. Everybody talks about trapping and hunting and finding a water but nobody talks about how to prepare the meat exactly. for like six months yeah you know what i mean yeah, in, yeah. in case like if there if there's like a uh nuclear meltdown or a war or something like that and you don't have access to the tools you used to have access to now you either know how to make your own food or you don't have your own food yeah, That's, and it's really that simple yeah so then you die yeah <laughs> and your family dies and yep. you failed them you know, this, this, so what you're trying to do is in these times that we're not in this complete emergency, you know, then we need to, you, you need to be building the skills. You need to be teaching your friends how to do it. Mm. And that's why we want to do this show is so we can give somebody at least a starting point and they can do whatever they want to do, you know, from there. But we're going to give them a basic starting point on how they can at least survive and have this, this meat, you know, kind of bring it back to what it was with our ancestors. Mm. You know, they, they knew all these things and, you know, us being inside of and over these past however, hundreds and hundreds mm. of years, thousands of years, we've lost this sense of, um, you know, being able to do it ourselves. And we'd have to have all these mechanisms to be able to support us. Yeah, there's uh, there's a saying in our community: the more you sweat in training, the less you bleed in combat. And uh, you know, this isn't like some monumental lift here. People that didn't know how to read were able to figure this out on their own yeah. through trial and error and stay alive for fucking tens of thousands of years. I'm pretty sure we can do this. And to be honest, it's not that big of a commitment to learn how to do these it's skills. Really not. Like it's it's a weekend, minimal. Minimal resources you need to do it, and again, you yeah, you you do it maybe once a weekend or uh, once a month on the weekend yeah. for a couple of months, and now you're an expert at it. Like it's not very difficult to do this. Stuff. Yeah, we just need people need a starting point, and it's intimidating. Mm -hmm. It really is to to think about you know, especially if you know anything about the salts and the curing process. Mm -hmm. If you don't use like you're saying the right. Yeah. amounts you can kill yourself yeah. or kill who if you know you you just now spent all this time curing all this meat for your family thinking that cool we got we got we got yeah. it under control now now you're on the Oregon trail and everybody's got fucking uh salt poisoning yeah um so yeah this is uh i want to get into a principle now okay uh and it kind of dovetails into what we're talking about right now which is um I will not allow those less fortunate or incapable of defending themselves to be harmed or taken advantage of in my country. I, to me, this is the most important. This is the most important of all the principles on this list because, yeah. um, for society, this is part of the social contract for society to exist. The strong have to protect the weak. I don't even think people, most people know that there is a social contract they, yeah. that's lost now. Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. I mean, people just want their hot pockets and iPads now, yeah. but for all of this to exist, the strong have to protect the weak, whether it's the physically strong protecting the physically weak from, from danger or whether it's the mentally strong protecting the mentally weak. Right. Right. And, and we maybe not, may not be the, the, 
perfect word for that. Like smart people have to figure out shit that it takes smart people to figure out and they have to protect other people from dangerous shit yeah. that might affect them like that. Yeah. This is what it means to be part of a society. Work together. I mean? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> now, it, for, for people, th this is why I like having people who aren't philosophers on the show. Yeah. Because it's easy to sit around and talk about this and fucking, you know, smell your own farts and talk about how fucking smart you right. are. But it's another thing to hear people like yourself who have a real job providing a real uh, 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 skill to people who need it, yeah. right? Average citizens. Uh, whether it's teaching people or getting them inspired how to be a pit master and build a life for themselves or to, you know, let what we're going to do later this year, which is prepare people for the worst case scenario. Um, there's a lot of different ways you can go about executing on this principle. Like you can join the military or be a cop. You can fucking just in your daily life. If you see somebody getting bullied or something, you can stop that shit. Yeah. Uh, you can teach people how to defend themselves. You can teach people how to fucking build a house, how to make food. What is it? <clears throat> what is it about this principle that, that stood out to you? Uh, it's just, you know, I've, I've always been kind of the guy that, um, that has made friends with the, you know, the, the kind of, I guess, if you can say it this way, like the, like the, the quiet kids, freaks and geeks, yeah the freaks and geeks. Yeah. yeah. And I've always been the one that if you know somebody that I know that's in kind of like my group, you know, the athletic folks or mm. whatever, um, bullies them or whatever. I, I can kind of be the one that say, Hey, chill out. That's not the one, mm. you know, that's not the way. Why, why are you doing this? What's it making you do? What's yeah, it, yeah. And I've always just been kind of the guy that, uh, I was a part of this group in, in high school called the natural helpers. Mm. And teachers, they nominate people that they feel like, um, you know, are good peers. And it's more of like peer mediation. So instead of, you know, a lot of people are scared to go to the counselor. Uh, they feel like it's a sign of weakness to have to go and see a counselor or something. So imagine, uh, imagine, I mean, that kind of, I understand that to a degree because our grandfathers would have felt that way oh, about going to the doctor. Yeah, yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? But that's fucking stupid. It is so stupid. Like you've got a big growth on your leg. You're like, Oh fuck. I'm not, what, what are you gay or something? <laughs> I'm not going to the doctor. Like what yeah. the fuck are you talking about? Dude, yeah. go to the doctor. Exactly. Get shit cut off your leg. You idiot. So this was kind of like the answer for the school. Cause they, they were, we had, you know, I've never of, even heard of this, but this is a really good idea. But yeah. And so I was a peer mediator and these kids, mm. I, you know, kind of as a, you know, more well-known person in the school, they would have somebody to come and talk to and they feel a little bit more of like they can let their guard down mm -hmm. because it's kind of one of their peers instead of somebody that's quote unquote judging them, you know, or trying to, you know, listen to their, they have nothing in common with. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of where it all started. I mean, I've been a little bit of a, that kind of soul before then, but then the natural helper thing really, really set it off. And then I started doing stuff at, um, over in Killeen with the, the Camp Soaring Eagle, which was helping, um, I think it's, yeah, I forgot exactly the way they worded it, but it's like special needs kids that go mm -hmm. to like a summer camp, uh, doing the special Olympics and stuff like that. It's just people are more, they're less fortunate. I, you, a lot of times in society, they get left behind mm. and I, I don't like that. I don't want to, I don't want to see that. So I, yeah. I always try and bring people with me if I'm in an upward motion or at least find some common ground to let them know that, Hey, this might not be whatever path I'm doing might not be your path, mm -hmm. but I'm here to help <clears throat> you make it on your own way. And then like generalize the lessons that you learned. Like you, some people can learn a lot from your trajectory and how you went from, you know, one industry to another and then went from an employee to an owner to now a consultant and, mm -hmm. and what, like there's lessons to be learned there, even if they're not involved in bar or even food in general, right? Yeah. Anything like that. There's always yeah. lessons to be. So at the very least, 
you can pass the lessons you've learned on to other people to make their path. It, it doesn't make anybody's path easier, in my opinion. Like, mm-hmm. it still sucks. All it, sure. all, in, all it means is now you know where you're going. Because yeah. if, you, if you're heading nowhere, that's exactly where you will get. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, and if you can help somebody not yeah. make those wrong turns and not hit that dead end on the yeah. fork, you know, then that's what I'm here for. And chances are they're going to fucking figure out some shit along the way that helps you out, too. And they're going to call you like, hey, you know what I've discovered is exactly. this. And you're like, bam, there we exactly. go. Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's more of just like the biggest part for me was trusting people. Mm. And not like you're thinking, like I didn't trust them. I trusted everybody. Yeah. I kind of naively, you know, and, and would, and would let them come in and uh, I would hire them, you know, with my wife, with, you know, the woman's intuition being like, Hey, this person's probably not good because of this or this. And I'm like, give them a chance. Stop like judging them before it happens. And then, you know, nine times out of 10, she's right anyway. Mm. But <laughs> it, it's really uh, building, building, uh, barriers for myself or what are they called? Um, not walls. I don't want to say a wall, but like uh, not border. What would it? What's that? Boundaries. Mm, yeah, yeah. Building boundaries okay. in your life and yeah. with your family and with the people that are working around you was like the biggest thing I learned. But that's kind of counterintuitive what we're talking about right now. Right. Is to let you know pushing people out instead of bringing them in. So there's like a, a happy balance you have to do right there with being this boss mm. instead of being you know a coworker with somebody. Right. It does change the relationship a little bit, and you have to figure out how to navigate that. Yeah, in, and in the military, when a guy gets promoted from a specialist or private to sergeant, corporal or sergeant, usually they move them to a new company because you don't want to be the sergeant of your friends. Exactly. Yeah, that makes mean? sense. It makes so much sense. Yeah, because I I brought in friends for the mm. for you know to be employees and stuff, and that's like yeah. the worst thing. Yeah, you should definitely not do <laughs> don't that. Don't do that. I mean, you should. What you should do is have your friends set up two other identical businesses and let them run those, and you all get together and select good employees to work for the three of you. That's smartest. And three separate businesses, yeah. but not in the same one. Yeah, like it's fun to start businesses with your friends, but. It gets dicey. Mm-hmm. I'll say that. That's a good. That's a good. It piece does. Of information. Uh, I I can't say that I lost any long term friends on it, but mm-hmm. there were some friends that I hired that there was some bumpy roads yeah. because of that. And you know, luckily our friendship lasted through it. But there was some bumpy roads where I nearly lost a few friends over it. But um, the biggest the biggest part for me was really really the trust issue, you know, mm. I, I trusted so much and the trust is everything is going to work out on its own and it's not always going to work out. You have to, you have to work your ass off to get there. Sure. But you don't want to become, well, I mean the, the, the real pitfall of that is, yeah, you're going to get taken advantage of a little bit, um, maybe a lot, but the real danger is becoming cynical because of it. Yeah. You're losing your ability to trust anybody. Cynicism is fucking poison. It leads to nihilism ultimately, which yeah. is, you know, the worst. I mean, it, it it fucking permanently ruins everything it touches. Yeah, like you, literally, people see you as a different person because mm. you can't get out of that. Yeah. But going on with the you know barbecue is a huge thing where people like to keep secrets and you know my rub is special or my yeah. you know this and that is like, special. Dude, your rub is not special. It's not. You know, and there's there, only there's like seven ingredients yeah. and everybody's been using them for like a thousand years. What are you talking about? Exactly. So like my part of the, you know, being able to transition over to this, um, this kind of like a teacher side of it has been really cool because I get to bring all all these things that people won't tell Mm. everybody. I get to tell them that. And I mean, some people might get mad at me for that or whatever, but I've worked with a lot of different barbecue people that have taught me so much, Yeah. you know, and I don't want to keep those things secret I mean, I'm not going to sit there and t- and tell all the secrets of somebody if they don't want me to or whatever. Sure, yeah, but yeah. like, and uh, it's just 
you, I, I see just bringing the community up and mm. don't no no man left behind, you know, like you can't really, like what, what good is it for you to sit there and down somebody or tell somebody the wrong stuff down the road. And then now all of a sudden somebody that's never had barbecue, they don't come to your place. They come to their place on the off chance first. Right. And they still don't like that fucking barbecue because you told them some wrong stuff to do and they trusted you. Yeah. So, I mean, the trust goes both ways on that. Yeah. It doesn't make a lot of sense to me. People that are, uh, secretive <clears throat> well in the so in the military we call them badge protectors it's people who um like for expert infantry badge for example where you have to do you have to qualify expert and do a uh, force march in a certain amount of time and do a pt test and and get 270 or above and then you have to go through a bunch of different skills i think it's 14 different skills like wow. Uh, disassembling, reassembling a weapon, uh, throwing grenades, land navigation, calling in airstrikes, all this stuff. And you have to do them all perfectly, right? Yeah. Uh, and there are some people who are badge protectors. Like they go out of their way to make it difficult for people to do it. But the point of the course is to teach people all of these very necessary skills, not to be a dick. Exactly. You know what I mean? People get that. They, they feel like they earned, they, and they did. They, they earned that badge. They, they worked their asses off. They did, they, they put their time in, mm -hmm. they did all that. And they feel like that if they're telling somebody their way that they did it or the, tr the certain kind of training that they did to where they made it easier for them or, you know, whatever, mm -hmm. then they feel like that they are making it easier for the other person. And now they don't deserve the badge as much. Yeah. It's kind of weird. It is really weird because Honestly, why don't you don't want that. every single person inside your, you know, that's yeah. inside your group to be just as good as you are, yeah. know this much as you do, if not more. Yeah. There's nothing, um, that this is Nash's equilibrium theory almost. Right. So John, but before John Nash, the prevailing economic theory is that when everybody independently tries to do their best and everybody else, everybody's better off for mm -hmm. that. Right. Lead by example. Right? Yeah. But in, but his Nash's equilibrium theory says that if people, uh, work together and determine the best possible outcome for all of them and then work towards that goal, then everybody actually does better in the aggregate. Like there's less leave behind. There, there's less people that fall through the cracks. Okay. And, and, but there's also less people who are ultra, ultra rich, like hundreds billionaires or whatever the yeah. fuck, but who cares about that? Right. Like, cause the average person doesn't give a shit about that. No. Um, that's really cool. Um, that's a really cool concept. Mm. I mean, and it seems like a no-brainer, but for the way that yeah. I think that society has been wired, um, and not like a big conspiratorial way or anything, but mm. the way that we are now is, is kind of counterproductive to that. Yeah, people get, uh, well, the thing we talked about in Ukraine with food scarcity, but people get really weird and defensive and secretive when they feel like they're in danger mm -hmm. and we haven't really been in much danger recently, but we've been told we're in danger a lot. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's powerful. That's yeah. it's changed the, the whole, um, dichotomy of the society. Mm -hmm. It like, but it like flipped it on its head. Uh, there's people that were close, close, close family members that no longer talk at all because of this. Yeah. It's fucking dumb. Um, and it doesn't help anybody either. That's the really unfortunate part of it is that, <clears throat> when we are um when we're close together we can exchange information through whispering right and mm -hmm. we get a couple of feet apart and now we have to talk and then we get a little farther apart and now we have to scream at each other and then we get so far apart that the only way we can reach each other is with fucking bullets you know what i mean oh man yeah so we're on that trajectory now mm -hmm. where <clears throat> 
people can't have a fucking conversation with one another without it turning into this or that. Uh, it's all ego match now because yeah. they don't want to be the one that was lied to and that was wrong. One of us is, I mean, both of us, both, I mean, when I say us, yeah, yeah. both sides of the aisle are being sure. lied to in, in, yeah. in ways that they don't understand. But, you know, whoever's quote unquote right, they don't ever want to you know, be lose to the one that is, you know, has the idiotic ideas yeah. or blah, 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 blah. So they stick in with it. And even if, you know, moving an inch would help your argument uh, tenfold, mm. but you have such this ego that's been locked in, you're not, there's no way to move this an inch <clears throat> anymore. So you're going to stay wrong. Yeah. I mean, it's this, this is the problem when you idolize people and factions, you know what I mean? Because, Instead of ideas. Yeah. You're no longer defending something that can be defended. Mm -hmm. You're defending now a, a fixed position. Uh, uh, I'm sorry. You're, you're no longer defending a fixed position, like an idea let's say the idea that you should, um, uh, 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 that members of government should be responsible to people, right? What a crazy uh, idea. Yeah. Uh, which is kind of the foundation of, of any government really. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. um, and instead of defending an idea like that, which is immovable, you're defending a person who will, you know, sometimes buckle, sometimes be wrong. Mm -hmm. uh, oftentimes they'll be right. But why should I or anybody, why, why should you put yourself in a position to defend a moving target like that? Like just thinking about it from uh, a, a scientific and philosophical standpoint, you're, you're, you're measuring things on, you're, you're sampling on a dependent variable at that point. Right. right. And that's not, that's nothing. You, you play instruments, you play the guitar or anything like that. Uh, yeah. Here and there. Yeah. When you play the guitar, you put your pinky on the pick guard mm -hmm. as a point of reference so yep. you know where everything is. Yep. Now, if your hand is constantly moving around, you're going to sound like shit. Yeah, you're not going to hit right? the right notes. And that's, that's, that's what we've allowed to happen here through all this divisive bullshit. So that brings up the next point, which is uh, one that we all struggle with, myself included. Um, I would reject divisiveness in all its form for those trying to divide us or trying to conquer us. Mm -hmm. One thing follows the other. It's a lot easier to fight uh, even a two-front war, technically, if the two fronts are divided. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and that's, that's kind of when I hear people talking about the left and the right or this candidate or that candidate, I'm, I, my brain immediately shuts down. I'm like, I don't give a fuck about this. Like, tell me about the idea. Yeah. I don't care whose name is attached to it or what party is attached to it. Does the idea make sense? Then yes. Or then no. And that's kind of how that's supposed to go. I and, just really wish that the idea was a real idea that they're going to stick with. Yeah, sure. They, yeah. This is lip service all the time. So that it's still, <clears throat> It's still kind of a turnoff point. Yeah, you got a good idea, and hey, this sounds amazing that you're going to do this and this mm. and this. But there's only been really one person that's done anything they've said for the most part. Yeah, here recently, that's true. Yeah, and I um, mean, and he's just as divisive as anybody, if not more. So. Yeah, unnecessarily so too. I know it's yeah. part of his shtick, but I get it, yeah. It, it doesn't. It doesn't really fucking get me off, to be honest. It's it all is. about owning the libs. Yeah. That's what it's about. And yeah. same with, you know, even the more popular guys uh, that are right now in the mainstream, mm. like that have a good chance of being, you know, the one. They're, they're, they're running off a device in it for the yeah. most part. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's unfortunate. It's, um, again, I'll bring up the cynicism thing. You got to avoid that. 
Like it, it's, I, I definitely proceed with your eyes wide open into these situations, but uh, you got to fight the urge to just roll your eyes and throw your hands up in, in frustration because it's very hard. Uh, I said, I've said this quite a bit lately because of some stuff I've been reading, but Plato <clears throat> said, if you don't take interest in the running of your government, you're doomed to be ruled by fools. Right. Uh, yeah. I've, I've heard that. Um, yeah. And that's, that's essentially how we've arrived where we are today by it, it's a confluence of trusting the wrong people or, or, uh, I guess, divesting ourselves from the process. We were comfortable just to sit at home and let these dumb people do their dumb shit. For some reason, we never expected it to come back on us. I don't know why. I don't know either, man. That's it's, fucking dumb. I, even as a kid, I knew that at some point this could this had to give. Yeah. And it, I was hoping that it wasn't going to be in my lifetime. But that's pretty selfish. It's pretty selfish to think. You yeah. want to be able to change it somehow. Now that we, you know, there's a platform and everything, There's you can have these conversations and being able to you know, at least get somebody thinking about something they weren't thinking about before. And it yeah. can, you know, set off a little light bulb in their head. Yeah. And it doesn't, I mean, nobody's going to listen to your point of view when you're fucking insulting them. And right. like, uh, you're a, you're a this, but yeah. like, okay, cool, man. What yeah. the fuck? You're an like, idiot. And this is why yeah, like, you can't like, start it with, you're an idiot. Like yeah. you just tell them why, Hey, this might not be the right way. Right. And that's still even <laughs> falling on deaf ears most of the time. So, uh, like, <laughs> food man if you can get somebody it's most of this stuff this divisiveness is happening over the social media and mm -hmm. over over you know news interviews and all that good stuff so if this can be brought back to the community I, and i know like you're talking about a minute ago with the whispers and the you know you can hear hear their voices right mm -hmm. there next to you all this can be changed yeah this can all be brought you know it's just People need to physically get together. Exactly. Uh, it's hard to hate up close. It's really you know hard I mean? to hate like up close. You, it's, and you'll see it when, uh, I, I'm sure everybody that can hear the sound of my voice has had this exact scenario happen to you. You say something in a video, post something on the internet, and some asshole's like, oh, fucking this and that. And, oh, yeah. and then you talk to them. You're like, well, what the hell's your problem? They're like, oh, I just wanted to fucking oh, blah, we, blah, blah. Like things calm down yeah. really quickly when you confront somebody directly like that. Yeah, and they're like, you normally end up finding that you really agree on the same thing. You just are yeah. having more emphasis on one point or the other. Yeah, and that's the real problem in my, in my estimation that people are probably aligned to the majority on the majority of things. But the, the small amount of difference is being used almost like a, a marketing tool, yeah, you know what I mean, to, to divide yeah. people. And then you should definitely, <clears throat> you should ask yourself, what are these people in the media and government getting away with while you're squabbling over some wedge issue? You know what I mean? Like, what, how, what are they doing? How, how much more of your tax dollars are they stealing, yeah. right? How much of your liberty are they fucking taking away from you while you're arguing with somebody over some bullshit? It's just like the most recent bill that just got passed. That's you know hidden inside there is eighty seven thousand new IRS agents. Yeah, that one's you pretty know, wild. That's real wild. We can talk, do a whole show on that, but it's people being complacent and then not wanting to move out of their complacency. Mm. And how do we? How do we? kick them in the ass to, to say, Hey, this it's now is the time you got to get out of this complacency or you're doomed. And doom is a, is a tough word. Mm. But in this instance, if everything goes in the same trajectory that we're talking about right now, it could get to that point to where it mm. is doomy. 
And it all comes back to bringing the, I mean, it shouldn't be a conservative or a um, liberal kind of mindset to say, hey, I don't want a big government mm. doing everything. It shouldn't be, but it has turned into more, it's more of the conservative thing. But then they're more of the big business. So then they're letting the big business go in and take all the rights and all that yeah. stuff away. So then who do we listen to, right? Um, so you turn on the news and then the news, they're trying to divide you the whole mm. way, but using these little tactics and whatnot to throw in misinformation to, to draw your, your mood one way or the other. So where do we go to find something that's not divisive? Has that been set up? And that actually gives you a non-biased point of view? Yeah, I mean, finding an unbiased point of view is going to be difficult. We talked about Reddit earlier, mm-hmm. and you know, you want to go on there, and somebody has a stupid post, they say something, and you want to go back on there or anywhere and just say, "Hey, no, that's not right because of this or this or this." Mm-hmm. If it challenges their what they think, then it turns into, "Hey, give me the source," and now your source, no matter what, is not going to be good enough yeah, for them yeah. because yeah. it's not from one of their pick, pick places. Right. So where's this bar that we get to set that nobody's talking about? They just kind of keep on going along the same cycle of these uh, boom news cycles, you know? Yeah, it's an interesting question. I mean, uh, you have to get people <clears throat> to, in the same way that you shouldn't idolize people or, or, or factions, uh, you can't idolize sources like that either, right? Because... Like the point is to be able to absorb a piece of information, maybe go to uh, you know some some sources with differing viewpoints and research a little bit, and then uh, figure out what reality is. But you have to know how to do that. You have yeah. to you have to know how to think and not be told what to think. That's a very big difference. Mm-hmm. Um, now we're getting into the education system, right? Yeah, and yeah. it's it's. I talked about it with uh, Will Roosh recently. Um, but the American education system is basically just a factory mill set up to create compliant workers. Exactly. That's all it really yep. is. Yep. And if you have the opportunity to get your kids out of public school, I highly recommend it because what's the alternative, yeah. you know, homeschooling, but a lot of people can homeschool. charter schools. I mean, then they don't have the money for the charter schools. Right. So yeah. do we have community private schooling or community, um, homeschooling? where they're still getting yeah there's co-ops right so i actually um some people i knew growing up did this it was um maybe six or eight kids from the neighborhood and the parents took turns doing the stuff see and that's cool because you're still getting that community aspect and not having some weird kid that was homeschooled yeah yeah well i mean (laughs) look you know it used to be that used to be kind of a trope Uh, i don't want my kid to be homeschooled because they're going to turn out weird well at least the people and that are teaching them in homeschool aren't teaching them that there's a thousand fucking genders and they yeah they can choose their own if they feel like it and cut their fucking dick off you know what i mean talk to them about that in high school whatever that sucks but you can't do it to the kids whenever they're still impressionable like this yeah it's weird um, Still don't. I mean, that high, I'm trying to give, you know, trying to give a little. If you want to, if you want to teach about some stuff, then yeah, it's elective in high school, right? I don't, I don't, I, I agree with you on that one. I don't think it's a good idea to shield people from information. I don't either. You know, let them know all of it. Yeah. You know, but it needs to be in a, a non-developing mind. You know, you're five years old. They don't even thinking about that kind of stuff yet. Yeah. Um, what what people, you know, what we should be teaching kids in this environment to do is to 
learn how to learn, right? Mm -hmm. Learn how to think and not what to think. And also, I think one of the important parts on this about rejecting divisiveness is understanding a couple of things. One, everybody is wrong about everything until they're right about it. All, All right. the way up until okay. the point you actually know something, yeah. you're a fucking idiot yeah. about it, right? <laughs> so it's true. The, the, the second order effect of that point is that you got to stop judging people for the shit they believe. You know what I mean? Like if they're if they're obstinate and persistent in their ignorance, then we can have a conversation Interject, about that. Yeah. But if it's somebody, if it's like a twenty-two-year-old recent college graduate who has all these stupid ideas, of course they fucking do. Yeah, you know what I mean. You, they just it, got out of the indoctrination yeah. camp, you know. Like it doesn't that you should see that person not as a victim, but as an opportunity. You know what I mean to to like tell me, explain to me why you think what you think. Okay, here's some reality for you. Yeah. Take that into consideration. Probably not going to change their mind immediately, but you plant the seed, right? Because what did Churchill say? If you're, uh, I was about to say, if you're young and conservative, you have no heart, and if you're old and liberal, you have no brain. Yeah. I believe is the quote. Yep, something, something to that effect. Very close. And that's kind of how it works, right? You grow up. We all mature. We yeah. get smarter. I remember age. living in Los Angeles and being like, yeah. man, why can't everybody just have yeah. have what they need? Why can't? And yeah. then, you know, you're going to grow up. And you're like, this is not the way that the world could ever work. And yeah. it has shown over and over, case study after case study, yeah. that it's not going to work that way. No, of course not. Why would it? But, <clears throat> you know, th these are all things that happen when actual human beings are talking to each other. We're not using the media and politicians as middlemen in our conversations, mm -hmm. which is what we're doing now. Yeah. Like everything that people on the conservative side know about liberals are things they learned from fucking Fox news about mm -hmm. liberals. And that's unacceptable. It's very it's completely unacceptable. We even know that Fox news is ran by liberals. Yeah. And well, in the back end, yeah. <laughs> in the back end, um, yeah. And you know, I, to me, that's one of the, the critical points as citizens, like you, you, you're either going to be a citizen or a subject in your country, no oh, matter yeah. where you are. Uh, and if you willfully subjugate yourself to these power hungry, narcissistic assholes, you will be a subject. But if you take back control of your life, then your family's life, then your community's lives. Now you're doing something. You know what I mean? It's up to citizens uh, to hold up their end of the bargain. We, we bitch and complain about everything that government and big business does, but we, we haven't done shit yeah. to hold up our end of the bargain either. We can complain about it all day, but what are we doing to change it? Yeah. So we've surrendered self-reliance, uh, the, the raising and educating of our families, the, the monitoring of our communities to the whims of greedy, evil, power hungry people. And, and, we, and we're shocked by the outcome. Yeah, under like, the guise of security. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't make any sense. But, you know, the good news is, and I, this, I always like to finish this thought this way, the good news is that uh, in describing how you go wrong in something, uh, you discover the solution, typically, right? Like, oh, I, I fucked up here, this, yeah. so this is how I fix it. you got to be humble enough to be able to admit that you're fucked yeah. up, though. <clears throat> um, and self-aware. I think if, if we look back, and that's one of the things I'm trying to do over the course of the show, if we look back over the mistakes we've made, and I think the mistakes we've made is, is encompassed entirely by sur surrendering our self-reliance, now we have our solution, right? Mm -hmm. So to become more self-reliant, and not just for yourself, but teaching your family how to become more self-reliant, to teach those around you and empower those around you in whatever means you have, whether it's education, 
uh, or skills or uh, strength or whatever the fuck it is to make them capable of doing the same and then teaching other people as well. Yeah, that's so a community. The goal is to be a citizen and the, and then to have empathy, mm. if that's the right word, for the subjects. Yep. And then to take a subject and to turn them into a citizen right. and then so that can spread more. <clears throat> Correct, yeah. And yeah. that's the, that's the goal here. That's all I really want to accomplish with this. Well, I think you're on the right track. Just I mean, there's there's it all starts with a conversation. Mm. And and most people are scared to have that conversation. It's uncomfortable. Yeah. Uh and I mean there's there's so many different ways we can go in and dissect each issue mm. and say, hey, this needs to happen. But at the base of it, it, it needs to be a face-to-face conversation. Mm. It needs to be taken back over the community, like you're saying, is is becoming self-reliant, teaching the folks around you how to become self-reliant. Yeah. And um, I mean, that, that doesn't mean leaving the city behind because that's, mm. you know, everything's easy there and you can walk to the store to go to Walmart. That doesn't mean any of that stuff. Uh, but what it does mean is be aware of, of where you're at and where, uh, aware of the things that could go wrong. Uh, by being in that, you know, that city or being, you know, a diehard towards one politician or another, you're closing yourself off to all these other, of these other ideas. And understanding the risk associated with those things, because sunlight's the best disinfectant. You know what I mean? Like if you know, if you know somebody might be up to no good and you just pay attention to them, they're typically going to go away or not do what they were going to do. Right. Um, and, and, and conversely on the other side of that, the inverse of that, I guess, is when somebody's struggling and they need help, it's almost taboo to ask them what they're doing to help themselves. But that should be the first question you ask. And it's not to, it's not, it's not to, uh, uh, take their situation lightly or, or, or be unempathetic. It's to, it's because nobody is ever going to be able to help you more than you help yourself. Yeah. But now I know what you need to help yourself and I can give you those things, but you still have to do it and help you along the way. Right. And you're not here alone anymore. <clears throat> Otherwise, if you just give a man a fish, I suppose, then you feed him for a day, right? Yep. You have to teach men to fish and that's not what we're doing. We're just arguing, yelling over one another. Um, my fish is bigger than your fish. Yeah. It's fucking stupid. Yeah. Um, but anyways, we got to get out of here. Um, is there anything else you'd like to share with the audience before we leave? Just love your fellow man. That's where all this is going to go back to it. I mean, there's some shitheads out there, but you got to love them too, and you got to bring them back to the light. Cool. Well, thanks for coming today. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me, man. Yeah. Uh, thank you all for watching. This has been Citizen. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. 
Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.